Welcome to another edition of the Not Part of Your Scene podcast. My name is Chris Sarda. Uh, you can find me at Chris Sarda on Twitter, at Chris Sarda on Instagram. You can go to the website, notpartofyourscene.com. Uh, and you can also find us on YouTube, where we do, uh, where I do, at least for now, reviews and things of that nature. All across the board, uh, metal, hip-hop, comics, movies, um, it all depends whether I have something to say about it, essentially. Uh, so this is a what I'm trying to make a weekly um, uh, a weekly thing here on the podcast where I give you the preview of the new metal releases that I've uh, listened to at least once or twice. Um, I basically just churn through them on uh, Thursday night, Friday, and, and Saturday morning, uh, and... Uh, build this podcast, let you know what's going on. I do like to do the full album. So, you know, I've thought about, you know, by the time, by the time an album's about to come out, bands, you know, normally have released like one to three songs from the, from the album. And, um, I'm trying to balance that with, uh, you know, being early on it, uh, but also with, you know, listening to a full album, it feels like the metal heads are, are the last group, maybe like indie rock and stuff, are the last group to really be album-centric. And um, I would like to continue that tradition of being album-centric. So if if you listen to the last podcast, you know that I split this up in two. Normally I try to go through everything, um, you know, no matter how long it takes, just after I listen, have my notes, get ready to talk about it. Uh, I did split it up into two podcasts this time, not because of length, but because Psycho Las Vegas was this weekend. And, um, I only got so much listening in on Friday. Uh, Psycho Las Vegas had a pool party on Thursday and then the main festival was, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do podcast wise or video wise with Psycho Las Vegas, but, um, uh, but I will be mentioning it here a little bit because there are some bands that released albums um, for their um, appearance in Psycho Las Vegas or because it was a coincidence. I don't know. So last time in uh, podcast A, I almost consider this the same podcast even though it's a few days apart, we talked about Xevious, um, album Lowlands, which was, uh, which was a, uh, a very proggy album to talk about, Burial Invocation, uh, Abiogenesis, which was a, uh, hard hitting death metal album. Um, I wouldn't exactly call it tech, but it was, uh, uh, you know, it set itself apart a bit there. Uh, Rebel Wizard, Voluptuous Worship of Rapture and Response, a, uh, one man program from Australia trying to bring back, uh, negativity in metal. We also talked about um, Trappist, Ancient Brewing Techniques. So pretty much they are, you know, rising above the gimmick. A lot of like uh, metal with hardcore punch tinged, um, with a hardcore punch tinge this week. Uh, Trappist was one of them. So now uh, I'm going to go into uh, basically, uh, I think I did talk about Carnation. Um, but we're going to talk about today, I'm going to go over Carnation again, just because I'm going to compare some death metal releases. So Carnation, Chapel of Abhorrence, uh, the, the split between Primitive Man and Unearthly Trance, both of whom played at Psycho. Um, also going to talk today about 
Forming the Void and their new album Rift also saw them at Psycho, and then uh, Uniform and their album The Long Walk. So and uh, Black Tusk came out with an album TCBT, taking care of Black Tusk, and and that's probably the bigger album of the uh, of the week that was released. Uh, Exocrine, uh, new album Molten Giant from U- Unique Leader, Defeated Sanity got a re-release um, of their album Chapters of Repugnance. I bring normally I don't talk about the re-releases or the live albums, but I wanted to bring them up in. Uh, the face of the death metal conversation today, and then Cemetery Urn, Barbaric Retribution, from at least distributed from Hell's Headbangers. Um, I guess they're pretty known for being uh, uh, pretty independent, but, you know, someone's got to distribute stuff over here in the United States. There is an Australian band. So I'm going to get into the, I guess, the, uh, the, the topic of the podcast um, you know, rather than just go down to the list, cause this is going to, uh, take up a lot of these bands, but, uh, you know, death metal, a lot of death metal comes out, uh, death metal is very popular, you know, within our little, within our little niche, it's, uh, it's, you're, you're sure a death metal album is going to come out, uh, every single week, you know, and if you love death metal, then, uh, you're good with it. It can get overwhelming if you, you know, I lean a little bit more towards, uh, more towards the whole gamut of of metal. So, you know, I I, ba- I basically like everything. Um, you know, if I had to put something secondary, it'd be like thrash um, and some power metal and stuff. But it, I mean, I get when I get into a thrash band, I really like them a lot. So I, I'm just you know trying to say if there's something I don't love, it'd be that. But with that said, still a big fan of both, and, and but I'm not a death metal only guy or one of these guys that um, whose clear favorite is death metal and then gets annoyed with you know bands like Cough or Boris. Um, and those guys are cool. I uh, I really like their knowledge for a kind of music that has so much coming out. Um, when people really know about it, I, I, I go listen to them. Um, and there's a, f- a few of those growl, the, the dude that's doing the growl death metal documentary. He's been on banger TV on YouTube a few times. Um, there's a couple dudes that, uh, write like the tech death article and, and the slam articles, uh, weekly slam articles on metal injection. Um, so those are the, you know, those are the kind of guys that they pretty much listen to death metal or one of the, you know, death metal is already a subgenre, right? One of the sub subgenres of death metal, like tech death or something like that. Um, so a lot comes out and, and I listen to a lot of it and I, you know, I have all my old favorites, um, and some stuff that should have been old favorites that, you know, I didn't discover, didn't realize, uh, I loved until later. Right. And, uh, and so you get some stuff, you get stuff churned out. And this week is, is sort of one of those weeks in what could be called death metal and not even mellow death. Uh, you know, some kind of heavy, real heavy death metal, either regular death metal, the slam brutal shit or tech death, even, even the stuff that's prog, but it's really death metal. So you got burial invocation this year, this week. Um, you got carnation. Um, 
we got uh, the the reissue of Defeated Sanity. So that's important if you were buying it, at least. Uh, um, the vinyl looked great, by the way. I don't think I'm going to pick it up, but it did look great. Uh, so you have that. You have... And then you have Exocrine, which I mentioned earlier, their Molten Giant album. You know, it's more on the tech death side, so maybe you can drop that off. And then Cemetery Urn um, with their new uh, album, Barbaric Retribution. So you you get a lot of death metal coming out. And if you like the sound, then you're like, you're cool with it and you, you move on. Typically, you sort of find your little corner. It's, you know, you're the tech death guy or the old school death metal guy or the slam guy. But for the most part, for the most part, if you're a death metal guy, you like it all, but there's just so much. And the older you get, you sort of fall back to your old, you know, your old albums that you loved and stuff. So while um, none of these bands stood out like they're going to change the game, every one of those albums was, was pretty good, was, uh, was at least decent, right? So Carnation, uh, Chapel of Abhorrence, you know, is this your, this was basically the most typical one that was released and it was still good. Uh, you know, it's a the heavy blistering death metal. Um, I can say that, that Barrel Invocation set them apart. Uh, Carnation is from Belgium. So, so you have something like Carnation that is definitely good, but even within the week is overshadowed by, by the re-releases of stuff that's established by the new albums of of bands like Cemetery Urn that have paid their dues, um, you know, that are veterans, even though they're not classic death metal or anything like that, that have paid their dues, and against Barrel Invocation that actually actually set themselves on par, uh, apart, you know, even on Dark Descent Records. So it's not like, uh, you know, they did it on one of the, the bigger metal uh, record... Uh, record companies. So, so what do you do? Do I give Carnation a bad review? Like, do I say I'm not going to listen to it anymore because it's a little bit typical, but it's still good? Do I, do I give it another go being a person that's, you know, listening to the new stuff and, and listening to a lot of music and listening all day? The, you know, that's a little bit hard with Carnation. They probably, uh, unless they tour heavily, they probably drop off for me a little bit where in comparison, a band like, um, a band like Exocrine from unique leader, you know, they have a, they were pretty much the only tech death, real tech death album that came out. I know it gets fuzzy, but where you definitely call them tech death, um, is this Exocrine album, but then, okay, so Exocrine set itself apart this week, but I don't know that they really set them, themselves really apart, uh, for the entire, you know, for the year even, and definitely not in, in the world of tech death. I mean, why do you, why would I listen to Exocrine? Um, it's cool that there's a, a little bit of a scene coming out of France for tech death, um, or it's not a scene, Exocrine is coming out of France for tech death. And you like to see, like to hear that, you know, a country that, you know, um, definitely has the fans and, uh, and, and, and definitely has a history in music, in rock music and stuff, um, to be able to put something out. But in the end, I mean, they're wearing their, 
they're wearing their influences on their shoulder. I don't know that they, I don't know that they really set themselves apart for me that I would, I would listen to it. But in this week, that album sounded great because it was the most technical of all of them. You know, uh, Barely Invocation sounded great because it was somewhat original, but still definitely death metal. Carnation sounded really good, you know, old school death metal, but didn't sound as good as uh, Cemetery Urn, who played a real old school style, who I end up, after listening to it, decided that I was going to pick up their cassette. I mean, so Carnation, I guess, falls off. Um, so like I said, it was good enough to buy, uh, buy the cassette. Uh, you know, these are, it's like Cemetery Urn is a somewhat new school band. I think that their, their first releases were in 2008. The, the band members seem to have a, uh, you know, seem to be veterans of the death metal scene in Australia. So, you know, you get a little bump for me at least because I like to see when, you know, bands coming out of areas, um, certain geographical areas. I like it when it's different and weird. So even though I wasn't familiar with Cemetery Urn, they are veterans of their own scene. Uh, I listened to some older stuff. I listened to this new album. It was great. And they did the old school death metal sound a little better, enough that I went and bought the physical release. Um, my notes here say that they're a, they're technically a new school band that's now old school because it's been over a decade. And their sound, and even though they're a new school band that's sort of old school, their sound is extremely old school. So, you know, they sound like the early 90s stuff. It's, the, it's Cemetery Urn is definitely not tech, is definitely not slam. Uh, it, was, it was very fast, old school sounding, production, um, all those things. And made it, even in the form of normal death metal, made it set itself apart from even Carnation. Um whose album still gets the thumbs up for me. I hope they tour. I'd give them more, you know, I'd give them more listens if Carnation comes, you know, through Vegas or to LA on, on tour. And so my little death metal spiel, it looks going to turn to a psycho Las Vegas spiel in a second. Cause the next band's pretty much were on psycho. Um, my little death metal spiel ends with being able to contrast these bands and their new releases to uh, a band I like a lot and actually recently got to see at Las Vegas Death Fest. I think they're from Germany. Uh, Defeated Sanity, who re-released their album, Chapters of Repugnance. Now, if you want that, the the vinyl looks incredible. It was released on... Shit, I didn't even put who released it, who's re-releasing it. Um, The vinyl looks beautiful, though. Uh, I'll probably put a link in the show notes. We'll see. Um, But... The reason I mention this is to re-release, but I listened to it again because I haven't listened to the album in a long time, and I got to compare it to these other albums, and it's the best one. This uh, chapters of repugnance, even even though I haven't listened to it in a long time, uh, you know, had its basically it stayed popular enough that we were all able to realize that. It stood the test of time. And I hate to talk about this in terms of hip-hop. I like to keep that stuff separate. But one of the things that's, uh, you know, that hip-hop fans are realizing when they do their, you know, top five, dead or alive, is 
is that not only is it does it have to be good, it has had to it has to have had to stand the test of time. And this is a little bit of an example of an album that did. Um, I don't know that anyone's calling it a classic necessarily. It is in my eyes uh, a, a great album, but it's one that was one good enough that someone wanted to reprint it, um, to reissue it and reissue it in a, in a special form, and two. Um, it turns out it's just fucking good and that's it. And it was very, it was, uh, very eye opening to be able to compare all these death metal releases, you know, that, uh, were all, you know, they all got thumbs up for me. I liked them all. None of them I turned off in their different forms to this slam metal album, slam death metal album that is still alive basically so maybe in my notes you know it's hard to find you know who which one of these albums will really make it you know there are bands like cemetery urn that's probably not they're gonna stick in the underground they sound like an underground band they they they're doing nothing special it was just awesome old school death metal um but to see if they resurface later on if someone decides that they need to uh, re-release and reissue some of this, uh, some of the stuff, and you know, it'd be crazy is that now I'm on record with saying Carnation was probably the most uh, generic and the one I'm more likely not to listen to, and that's the one that actually makes it. You know, I mean, let's say Burial Invocation is as good as anything here. It's put out on Dark Descent Records. People might forget it. I don't know. You know, so. It's something that I will uh, always keep my eye out for. And Defeated Sanity, by the way, is one of these bands. I don't know that Defeated Sanity is even uh, a top ten band in even the slam category for most people. But yet, they've stuck to it. They kept releasing music. They kept touring. Um, and and here they are getting a re-release for an album that was really, really good. And uh, sort of defeats this week's death metal albums even though uh, it isn't that popular, really. It's not on on a lot of top ten lists. I would imagine that if you even had to do top ten slam albums all the time, that this one probably wouldn't make it, although everyone would agree it was good. So anyway, that's my little death metal rant. A uh, lot of death metal gets churned out, and and uh, we the truth is we have a lot of good bands. The problem is is that it's you, you basically got to be true to yourself and keep working. You know, if you're going to do typical death metal... Um, or, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, niche genre, you just got to play the music you want and keep working and, you know, and eventually, hopefully you, you're able to, uh, build enough fans after touring and stuff that you can, you know, either make a living at it or make enough money that you're able to continue to do it, you know, even with your side job or whatever. So... Anyway, that's the end of my death metal rant. There's just a ton that comes out. So much of it is good. And you, you could really just be a death metal fan and cancel everything else out if you wanted. I mean, there's a lot of quality coming out. And I know a lot of people want to disagree with me. But that's because they're rating this stuff on a curve. Just because some stuff's better than other stuff doesn't mean that this Carnation album actually isn't really, really good. you know. And to be honest, I, got, I gave the Carnation album uh, one listen and I re-listened to maybe three or four songs on it that I was into as I was listening to it. So anyway, that's the death metal rant. Let's move on. So I said in the, uh, in the part one of this podcast that, um, I was going to wait on, uh, talking about the primitive man, unearthly trance split. 
that was put out by Relapse until I saw them both. Um, both bands were really, really fucking good. Uh, and both sides of this album are really, really, really good. So, um, so let's talk about the album. I'm not sure why Primitive Man's doing a split. Um, like I think I said in the last podcast, but, uh, I'm glad they did because they, they made me discover Unearthly Trance. And then as luck would have it, Unearthly Trance was playing at Psycho this, uh, this week. And it was originally a band I was going to sort of not pay attention to. But to be honest, I, I've listened, I've enjoyed the unearthly trance side of the vinyl of the split more than the Primitive Man side. And Primitive Man's one of my favorite bands of the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, Primitive Man is just ugly and noisy and angry. You know, it's it's just caustic and scornful music, which... You know, if you listen to Primitive Man, you know that's a little bit of a pun because the name of their last two albums were Caustic and Scorn. Uh, but, you know, like I've said before, if the album is 40 or 50 minutes, if half of it is is, is noise and ugliness working into riffs, I'm more cool with that if the album is 20 minutes and half of it is noise and working into riffs. And that's the, the feeling I get from their side of the split. Um, so... Uh, album wise, it's awesome. And I'm a primitive man fan. And even though, uh, I would prefer to listen to the other albums, this is still good. When I put this vinyl on, I'm not only going to listen to earthly trance side. I'm going to flip it over and listen to those primitive man songs. It's probably going to inspire me to listen to scorn or something, or one of the earlier ones. Um, but it is awesome. I got a real rare version of it. Um, both bands played great. I think that they are a good contrast because you got to call them the same kind of music. But Unearthly Trance is the, maybe it's the cough medicine version, uh, you know, the sugar in the cough medicine version of Primitive Man because their songs, although sludgy and noisy, um, come together a little bit more, uh, you know, which is... Uh, which is fine. We need music like that too. So this is not saying that, Oh, they're less experimental and I'm more experimental and this is easy to take because unearthly trance is still heavy and noisy. Um, and, and I would have always described them like that just alongside primitive man. Uh, they aren't, um, I will compare them to Indian who, uh, got back together, uh, for this, uh, for psycho. I don't know if they plan to stay together or what the status is of Lord Mantis or anything like that, but, you know, they're also a noisy, ugly band. They actually have a guy on noise, um, where on Primitive Man, it was all, uh, the guitar players whose name I, whose, whose name slips my mind, working the pedals and making loud and obnoxious and, and, uh, horrid noises in between, uh, heavy riffs and, uh, crazy screams. So, um, you know, they all, three of these bands are the same kind of music, but Unearthly Trance sort of um, keeps it together a little bit more, which is, which is good. Um, I guess the only reason I'd say I'm a bigger fan of Lord Mantis and Indian and Primitive Man is because I know the music a little bit better, but Unearthly Trance is now on my radar and they're a band I'm going to follow and enjoy and listen to and, uh, find out about, um, some of their, uh, older stuff and previous projects and previous bands. Um, let's see. So I, had listened to this next album um, before I saw them live. 
And, uh, and I didn't, you know, the notes here, we're going to say that I'm probably not going to listen to it again. And this is, uh, it was forming the void and it's their new album rift. Um, you know, it was, you know, it's the name heavy rock, which is one of those terms that you really, you really, I guess you go, I guess that existed, but no one really called it that for a long time. It was hard rock, heavy metal, heavy, this hard, this, but Lately, I've just been hearing the phrase heavy rock a lot more, and uh, and they probably fall into it, so it's clean vocals, heavy, um, very hard. Um, you know, it started to sound a bit samey to me, this album. Uh, Arc Debris came on towards the end. I enjoyed that. It, on that listen, you know, I just wasn't huge into it. You know, all these bands that you listen to, especially one one time, um, you know, you know that you'd probably end up liking them because you like the music, but it, it doesn't always set itself apart necessarily, um, necessarily. So, uh, I still gave them a chance because they had a release. I was going to talk about them. They were playing in, in one of the, uh, cooler of the three venues, uh, at psycho. So I walked in there and I loved the set, you know, it's psychedelic, People like to call things psychedelic. I guess it's not really. The songs weren't even long, really. But just uh, heavy playing, uh, nice feedback, but not noise. Not noise like, you know, as far as Primitive Man goes. I, I suppose if this is as far as you go, you would call it f- good noisy. Um, as far as extreme, in the extreme level you go. And and just a, a real good set. They just played a real good set, real entertaining heavy again nothing really set itself apart but just their the set list they chose um felt like it was in the right order the you know when the out when the riffs picked back up and and the solos broke in uh the playing was clean the sound was good so live wise they get thumbs up for me i would definitely go see them live again you know this could be a situation you know this could be two situations which is obvious uh, if you you know that I'm giving you previews of the of the new stuff, one I haven't listened to this album a lot, or two this album isn't good and their old stuff is incredible. You know I didn't really have a feel on on how much new and old stuff they played uh, during this set, but the set was great. Uh, I should go look it up just to see if they played more old stuff, the new stuff, uh, just to see. But so they're on my radar. Um, you know on that first listen, I didn't I didn't think it was something I was going to listen to again. And, and I, and I probably still will skip them. They're one of those bands that are on my radar. I get excited if they come through here, we have a promoter, um, pulling in a lot more of this kind of music, this heavy rock, uh, kind of thing. So, you know, we've gotten to see like King come through here a few times. And I think they did the pre-party on Wednesday that I didn't go to at a, at a dive bar and, uh, and stuff just like forming the void and, and the skull and stuff like that. So, um, there is opportunity in Vegas to see these kind of bands again. And, uh, we are almost done. I want to talk about two more bands. Um, these are bands that the next two bands are bands that you can throw into the, uh, this is metal, uh, but with the hardcore punk tinge, but then at the same time, these bands are able to sound very much, very different. So um, I'm going to start with Black Tusk because that seems to be the most uh, popular popular release of the weekend. Um, their new album is called TCBT, Taking Care of Black Tusk. They uh, this album came out on Seasons of uh, Season of Mist. You know they've been on the bigger record labels, but they've taken a break. Um, 
I've never seen them live, but everything I read and hear about is that they are a live band. Also, um, once I get to the reviews, you'll see that uh, definitely, this is probably definitely a band I shouldn't just give one listen to. Uh, so it's a very hardcore punk-oriented metal album. Um, people still call it sludgy, but it's really not. And take it from me, um, Sarah on Banger, they did their review on, on Black Tusk, and she says the same thing. Um, this album actually inspired her to look back into her old, uh, collection of hardcore punk. Um, I have my old collection of hardcore punk too. Uh, you know, the DRI type stuff, but, um, I, uh, you know, I just, that, that, that stuff goes in its place. There's times when I listen to it, but, um, I consider it a, a point in time probably something great if I were in that scene in the late eighties and early nineties. Um, uh, so, so it's already a sort of style that's, that's not my favorite. Um, but what she does is she, she listens to albums 15 times, which is a good and bad thing. Um, sort of limits what you listen to and you sort of have to start faking it a little bit, uh, with all the good new releases coming out. And she says as the more she listened to it, the more uh, excited she got about it. And I can see that happening, but, you know, I'm already not the hugest fan of the hardcore punk tinge metal that's not sludgy at all. I don't care what anyone says. Um, but uh, reviews mostly are behind uh, this Black Tusk album just because, uh, one, it, it is good. Uh, it, it hits all cylinders as far as what it's doing. But also because people are excited to see the band back together after um, after the tra- tragedy of one of their members not even you know not dying of a drug or you know something negative related incident. I mean, he literally got hit on his motorcycle and died, which is you know terrible. But I'm still excited that the band still came out. Um, there's a I mean, all reviews were um, you know positive. So Kim Kelly on Noisy reviewed it. She's a, a supporter and friend of theirs. So she said, you know, she admitted she couldn't be objective, but she made some mentions about, you know, listening to Black Test makes her want to listen to Black Sabbath and that the, the riffs are the same or it's a similar idea. I mean, to a certain extent, everything comes from Black Sabbath, but this is not the kind of thing that makes me think of, uh, of Black Sabbath riffs, but it's Kim Kelly. She's, she's smart. You probably have more respect for for that writer than you do me. So, I mean, Black Sabbath, I, there's stuff that steals and sounds like Black Sabbath more reminded me of Sabbath more for sure. Um, so, uh, Metal Injection, Chad Bower gave it seven out of 10, but it was also a very good review. Um, definitely a band that should be, uh, seen live. Everyone says, uh, Stephen Hill on louder and their metal hammer imprint review, um, had the best metaphor of the week, you know, saying Black Tusk sounded like a, a Mad Max escape scene. Uh, I, I guess that's pretty accurate. Um, but in the end, I am going to just wait for them to come live and, and enjoy their live show. Um, listen to some of their older stuff that I think I liked a little bit more. Uh, and what this brings me to is is the fact that it is basically you know, the three, four minute songs, uh, fast metal with a hardcore punk tinge. Don't really hear the sludge unless, you know, you have a very wide 
definition of sludge metal. Um, but I enjoyed it. I just probably will not listen to any until they, uh, you know, until they come on tour, which I hear they tour a lot. I don't remember seeing them ever on tour, but I hear they tour a lot. So I'll wait for that. Um, but that brings me into the last band I'm going to talk about. And this band is, um, similar to Black Tusk in that it has a, a hardcore punk feel. Uh, this is Uniform. Their new album, The Long Walk, came out on Sacred Bones Record. They they got on my radar with their split with the body. Um, I don't remember caring about those songs. I, I was listening to that split for the body. Uh, but, you know, if when the body does or Full of Hell, there's just some bands that do a lot of splits. And, you know, the reason you do splits is one, cause it's cheaper for you. And then the second reason is you, you sort of get fans to see this other band, you know, and, and I try to pay attention to, um, to, uh, split EPs and split albums for that reason. I'm going to find something new. It's almost like they're endorsing each other. And I, I think I found the body that way, to be honest. Um, but I have to really look and see where I found the body. So Uniform comes out, you know, initially it feels like that hardcore punk vibe that I had just heard with, with Black Tusk, you know, which made it maybe gave me a feeling that I didn't like it as much at the beginning. Um, um, if you had to call one of them sludgy, I would call uniform sludgier, but that's because it becomes a lot, they, uh, incorporate some noise in there. Uh, but it's not like the real heavy, slow sludge, riffs that I like to think of, of sludge as a, uh, a kind of almost doom metal. Uh, it's definitely played fast. It's definitely played upbeat. Um, and, and despite the hardcore punkishness of it, there, uh, there are definitely solos in there. Um, you know, there's part of me that was iffy to, to check it out again. Um, but as I listened to the whole album, it started almost to get noisier. It almost degraded, which I don't know is on purpose if it was on purpose or not, or maybe I just started noticing the noisy stuff better. It definitely has this, you know, we're a garage band glaze that, that was chosen in the, um, in the production, which started to grow on me a lot. And, uh, I actually, I think I liked it at least on first listens more than, more than what black Tusk did who, you know, sounded the same, but still, in clean in a three minute way. Um, and just because I say that it has these noise elements, it definitely doesn't, uh, it doesn't stray from, from its rock songiness. Like they're definitely still four minute songs and, and, and less, you know, but it just starts to degrade, starts to get noisier, starts to not just felt like it wasn't sounding, uh, any better as it, as it gone off, as it went on. And I'm saying these, you know, as a metal fan, the way, uh, sometimes albums when they sound dirty should sound. Um, so even though I started out with, I'm good on this, I think, uh, by the end, I did want to listen to it again and, I, and I'm keeping it on the playlist. Uh, and it got good reviews all the way around, um, on pop matters from, uh, spirostasis, um, basically said what I just said. So noise, but on a, a normal rock song progression. And I mean, I think that's the clearest thing is that it was trying to sound uh, noisy and weird. Like they knew they were, they did a split with the body, but at the same time they were, you know, they're going to make songs. They're going to almost be anti-experimental and noisy by making songs that, um, you know, making songs that still fit that three minute verse, chorus, verse sort of sound, you know, but 
Never did it feel catchy. I couldn't really understand lyrics, so it stills dirty, you know? Um, and, uh, so, I mean, the only other things to point out about this is that it, it's, it's a New York band. The truth is I talk a lot of shit about New York, you know, just for fun. Cause I'm a West coast guy and there's so much focus on New York, but when something good comes out of New York, it really is good, you know, and it, and, uh, especially when something good and grimy comes out. Um, so, you know, I, I, my ears come out because if you can get out of New York and, and, uh, and get on a label and have people, um, you know, have people cover you, then you're probably going to be pretty good. Um, at least in the past, it's been that way. Uh, the drummer from Lithurgy is now in there and, um, you know, I'm getting through, I'm still getting through Twin Peaks. Um, but apparently they had two songs on the new season. So that's pretty fun. Uh, and you know what? That's about it. I'm going to, I'm going to just tell you that, um, I started to realize that degradation sound at the end of a peaceable kingdom. When I listen to it again, I'm going to keep my ear out to see if it's pretty, um, standard throughout, or if it did start getting, you know, working in the noise a little bit more as if something's ugly and going to end. Um, I might just be placing my own opinion on that. So, uh, uniform, the long walk put out by sacred bones record is pretty good. Uh, it was a, a pretty good week, even though nothing huge came out when the hugest thing that came out is probably that black tusk album. Um, you know, it was a very underground week. Uh, so this was podcast B I'm going to go ahead and end it here. You can, uh, find me at Chris Sarda and, uh, at both Twitter and Instagram. You can go to not part of your scene.com, uh, for written reviews. You can also check out not part of your scene on YouTube, uh, for some video reviews, that's uh, right now focused on comic books. So if you're listening to this, it may not uh, mash up, but we're definitely gonna definitely gonna start doing uh, some of the more in-depth reviews um, for music, and not just these this sort of preview episodes. So anyway, thank you for listening. And hey, stop being so fucking negative. There's a lot of good music out there. You know, let let the bands be negative. Let us assholes listen to it, just enjoy it, and be happy that we're listening to it, and not just want to pile everything in the corner and call it shitty. Thanks for listening.